happy happy monday everyone thank you so much for tuning in thank you for listening to the sound of my voice my name is Rachel and this is word today how are you doing how was your weekend on the east coast we are testing some chill weather yep we are approaching the winter but we are still enjoying the sun it's okay we love the season we are grateful for seasons i enjoy the season actually i grew up in a, a country where a tropical country so we only have rain and sun it is either raining or it is crazy hot um we didn't have spring or summer or uh, falls or winter we only have sun or rain um and when i came to america um i see in the east coast we have winter, we have summer, we have spring, and every season have its beauty. Uh, even though we don't get used to cold, but I love the fact you can bundle up and uh, look good and go out and do your thing, you know? So I'm enjoying everything. Um, with that said, I know not everybody is in the East Coast, by the way. I know you are from all over the place. I was looking at my stats and I saw people watch or not watch, <laughs> listen to this podcast from all over the world. Um, United States, England, Canada, um, in Singapore. Wow, I was very surprised. In Philippines, in Kenya. Uh, in South Africa, among other countries, it's 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 a wonderful in Nigeria, um, and so I'm I'm so grateful for that. Uh, so I know some other parts of the world don't have these weathers, this kind of weather. But if you happen to visit United States and you come to the East Coast, you can experience that. And there are parts of the states where they don't have this kind of weather in the like in the east coast um so it's beautiful it's beautiful to be living in this part of the world today's uh, verse is hebrews 10 from hebrews 10 verse 23 if you have your bible i recommend you always carry your bible even if it is on your phone um, so Hebrews 10:23 tells us, "Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. Praise God. Thank God for his faithfulness. Uh, there's another place um, the Bible tells us even when we are faithless, God is still faithful, which is wonderful. But when you read uh, a verse like this, you're like, wow, where am I going to start? Um, well, the best place to start is the, conf- uh, the context. You can look at how did the um, the author came to this conclusion, not conclusion, but came to this ex- exaltation to us. Let us hold fast, seize, and hold tightly the confession of our our hope without wavering. For he who promised is reliable and trustworthy. How did he get to here? How I mean, I need to know why he is telling me to hold fast. 
uh, how did he get to here, to this place? Um, so the best place to look at is the context. And if you look at verse 19, where in my Bible, um, New King James have a subtitle, Hold Fast Your Confession, starting from verse 19. <clears throat> but even there, <clears throat> you still want to know more details how he got here. Um, I think the best place to start is the first verse. But if you read the whole entire book of Hebrews, for example, starting from the first chapter, uh, you will know that the author was writing to the Jews, to the uh, Jews who has become Christians, the Hebrews, who were uh, devour of the law, devout of the law. Uh, they believed in the law of Moses. They were faithful to that. They offered sacrifice. They had priests and high priests. Uh, they fought all these uh, legislation and rules and sacrificial and feasts um, and what to eat, what not to eat, um, all kind of stuff that were commanded by Moses. Um, and then Jesus came and showed them uh, the way, a different way to God. And some believed. And those who believed were being persecuted by those who did not believe. And so these Jews were scattered, different areas uh, outside of their country. And so the author was writing to them because some of them were even considering going back to, to Judaism because this persecution were so severe and it was really hard to hold on into this faith, this hope, um, that they are like, it's better for them to go back to Judaism where there's no persecution, and they were okay than hanging on with this new uh, doctrine, this new um, way of, of, of uh, living and believing in God through Christ. Um, and so this, this author, when he wrote this, he had to write in a way that these Jews will understand. Um, and even though he was speaking to Jews, he is speaking to us today. This book is timeless. This book is unique in its own ways. Uh, I love the book of Hebrew, the fact that the things that he expound here, um, you find mostly in uh, Old Testament, but the way a new believer can see it, um, these people in 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 the in the in the in the, um, the Jewish they they read the scripture. For example, in the book of John five thirty nine, where Jesus told them, "You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life." And it is they that bear witness about me. So these Jew, Jews were searching scripture diligently, day and night seeking God. But they never understood it. Their mind were, were um, blinded. They, they, there was this veil between them and God, so they could not search it. There's another place where uh, in the book of Corinth, I believe, uh, apostle wrote that those who still um, follow the, the law of Moses, that veil is still there to this day. These Jews, to this day, they cannot understand the scripture. The veil is still there. Um, and so this writer, when he was writing this letter to the Jews who were Christian, he was removing that veil from them. Actually, the veil was already removed, but he was explaining to them why they should not even consider go going back to Judaism. Instead, they should just hold fast the confession of their hope. And he had to contrast, he had to take them back to the Old Testament. So you will see a lot of references from the Old Testament contrast contrasting with uh, 
with Jesus because everything in Old Testament were that a shadow, were just a shadow for what to come. So when you start with this uh, one in chapter 10, for example, uh, the context here, I, I just started from, from chapter 10, but he spoken a lot of things previously from the first chapter up to this point. He has spoken so many things, com- com- compare and contrast um, to get to this place here. But from, for our... Um, study for today we're going to only uh, start from um, the context from just the chapter 10 so when you look on verses from 1 to 4 the writer talks about how the blood of bulls and gods could not take away sins but were a shadow of good things to come he tells us Jesus Christ is that good things Verses 5 to 10, he explains Christ's death, fulfilling God's will. Um, he, he, he quoted uh, Psalm 40, some of the verses in Psalm 40. Let's look at Psalm 40 verse, I believe it is verses 6 to 7. Let's go there if you have your Bible. Psalm 40, verses 6. Sacrifice. This is Jesus talking. When he came, he says, Sacrifices and offering you did not desire. My ears you have opened. Burnt offering and sin offering you did not require. Then I said, Behold, I come in the scroll of the book. It is written of me. I delight to do your will, O God. O my God, and your law is within me. And verse 9 in Psalm 40 says that I have proclaimed the good news of righteousness in the great assembly. Indeed, I do not restrain my lips. O Lord, you yourself know. You yourself know. So in, 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 in chapter 5 and 10, he gave us some quotation from uh, Psalm 40, verse 6 to, to 8. Then when you go to verses 11 to 18 of the same chapter, chapter 10 of Hebrews, he tells us how Christ's death perfect the sanctified. Um he compared uh, the, and contrast between Aaron's priesthood and Jesus's. The human priest offered the same sacrifice repeatedly, like all over again every day, sometimes every year, some of them every day, some of them every year. Um, they offered the same thing over and over again, and it never was uh, enough to perfect uh, them for sanctification. Um, and, um, and it never took away their sin. If anything, those sacrifices reminded them uh, of their sins. You can see that on e Hebrew 10 uh, verse 3, that the, the priest uh, offered uh, a sacrifice. He went to the Holy of Holies to offer sacrifice yearly. But it, it couldn't purge purged their uh, conscious of sins. Um, but Jesus did it once. He, did, he offered that one sacrifice for sins forever. And f- after that, he sat down at the right hand of God. That is Hebrews 10, 12. And he's telling us that he is waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. Uh, this is the quote he get from Psalm 110, verse 1. So one offering of Jesus has perfected us forever, those who are being sanctified. That's what Hebrews 10, 14 tells us. Now, Hebrews 10, 16 is quoting uh, Jeremiah 31, 33, where he, the author tells us that the Holy, uh, the Holy Spirit 
witnesses it when he said in Jeremiah 31, 33, he's quoting, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and in their mind I will write them. Then he adds, their sin and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. That is Hebrew 10, 16 to 17, which was quoted from Jeremiah 31, 33. So he's contrasting here that Jesus is enough. He sacrificed one time for all is enough. Why you want to go back? In other words, why you want to go back to those sacrifices where you have to do over and over and over again and it was not enough in fact in other places in the same book of hebrews he say that even and and those priests actually were, couldn't do it because they were dead some they they come to the an end of their lives they have to die and you have to get a new priest jesus lives forever so it was this Jesus on this side, on the right side, and uh, Aaron and his the Levites on the other side. Sacrifice Jesus offer on one side, sacrifices the bulls and goats offered on the other side. Uh, all these um, feasts and 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 the Sabbath on one side, and Jesus on the other side. So he, this guy who wrote this book, he must be a Jew who absolutely observed these things. He he practiced them. He knows them very well. And he could speak their language to really get this home, to hit it to to them home. Um, That's the only way they could understand. But for us, we also understand uh, because this thing, these principles are timeless and they speak to us the same way they spoke to Jews. As you know, Christians are being persecuted today. And not too long ago, two big name uh, Christian, they come publicly and denounce the uh, Christianity. I don't know if I should use the word denounce, but they made it public that they no longer believe in Christianity, they no longer believe in this doctrine. They, 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 they just don't believe in in in, in Christ. Um, what do you say to those people? What do you say to them? This is exactly what uh, this writer is talking to. I wish these people, before they come publicly, they would go and read the book of Hebrew. Maybe it would have helped them. Uh, but we're going to get to that later, to our conclusion. So here he's telling us that Holy Spirit have witness when he quoted Jeremiah 31, 33. That is um, Hebrews 10, verse 16 to 17. Now, when you go to verse 18 of Hebrew, he tells us that where there is remission of these, remission meaning cancellation of debt, charge, or penalty, they are no longer offering of sin. So Jesus did once. He did the remission of, of, of our sins once and for all. And there will be no longer sacrifices. Now the gods and, and bulls, they have to do over and over again because there was no remission of sins. That's why they have to do over and over again. But Jesus' sacrifice was done once and for all and it was enough to purge all of our sins. When you go to verse 19 to 25, this is where he expound, where he, he tells us now, this is how you respond. This is how you respond. Um, why? Why he's, he wants us to respond now. He gives us the reason. Um, number one, we have boldness to enter the holiest. That's verse 19 by the blood of Jesus. We have boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. In the Old Testament, the only person who was allowed to enter the holiest was the high priest. And they entered only once a year. You can read that on Hebrews 9 verse 7. But now in Christ Jesus, for us who believe in him, have access to that 
holiest. We can go in and out anytime we want. Praise God. Praise God. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? But in those days, only the high priest went there once. And this high priest was a sinner himself. And he himself had to offer the sacrifice for himself first and also for other people. And this priest also, after a period of time, of his time to live on earth, he would die. So they have to repress him. I mean, all these things he have spoken in chapters from, I don't know, chapter 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. You can read all those things. You were like, this really makes a lot of sense. Um, so we have uh, this boldness to enter this holiest by the blood of Jesus. Number two, Jesus' body is the veil. This, this, is, this one I've seen, this is the first time I've seen this, honestly. I've read the book of Hebrew, but this is the first time I've seen this, that Jesus' body is the veil. And when you look at this, if you remember in the book of Matthew, Matthew 27 verse 50 tells us, On the cross, at the moment, the veil of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. The earth quaked and the rock split. Remember when Jesus gave up his spirit on the cross? That veil on the temple where the the high priest used to go by himself once a year to offer sacrifice of sin with blood of bulls and God? That veil was torn apart when Jesus gave up, gave up his spirit, according to Matthew 27, 50. So that veil, Jesus himself, when he was giving up his spirit, when he was pierced, when he was crushed on the cross, that was the tearing or a part of that veil. So Jesus himself was a veil and was torn apart. And when he gave up his spirit, that veil torn apart also, that physical veil that they couldn't go in, it was torn apart from the top to the bottom. That, that's, that's incredible. In verse 51 of the book of Matthew 27, tell us, oh, yeah, that's, that was verse 51. On verse, verse 50, it's where he gave up his spirit. That's, that's incredible. So we are told on this book of Hebrew that Jesus' body is the veil. That's amazing. That's why he said, I am the door. I am the door. So that door is open. You can go in and out anytime. Because why? He offered that sacrifice once and for all. And we have this boldness to enter into the holiest by his blood. That's amazing. That's amazing. So um, we were given that access to the holiest. And on verse 20 of Hebrew 10, it tells us, this is the new way, the new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. Praise God. His flesh is the veil. Uh, verse 21 tells us we have a high priest over the house of God. We have a high priest over the house of God. This is the heavenly sanctuary according to Hebrew 9:11. While Aaron and other Levite priests entered a holiest in a temple which is made by man's hand. But Jesus entered the temple, a sanctuary, the heavenly sanctuary which made by God himself. That's the difference. So because of all this, we can now enter this holy of holiest with boldness. We can go in and out as we please. I believe Jesus said that the same thing another place where he said, I am the door. He who comes through me can enter in and out as they please. Um, 
so verse 21 now actually not verse 21 verse 22 now tells us what how do you respond now after all these i've already told you you already have the knowledge i've told you i've compared and i've contrasted i've shown you christ and i've shown you the stuff that you used to believe you see the difference here then you have the knowledge what is your your response how do you respond to this truth and verse 21 tells us i mean verse 22 of hebrew 10 tell us number one draw near with a true heart draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscious and our bodies washed with pure water. That's verse 22 of Hebrew 10. Draw near with a true heart. You can draw near with a partial heart or with a false heart. But he said, look, I've told you all these things and this is what you do. You draw near to God. You come to this holy of holiest with a true heart, with undivided heart, in full assurance of faith, praise God, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, the blood of Jesus was enough to remove completely our consciousness of sins. We don't remember sins anymore. The law was reminding them of, of their sin over and over again. Jesus purged out that remembrance of sin. We are new creatures. We are no longer the same as we used to be when we were doing these self-righteous performance bears. Um, where every time we go and offer sacrifice, we are reminded, oh, sin, we have done this, we have done it. We're going to come back next year again. Um, and this sentence also tells us, um, draw near with a true heart in full assurance. Number one, you draw near with a true heart, not a false heart, with full assurance, not a partial or wavering, not being double-minded, not sure if this is going to work, this won't work. And, and I think he said that because those people were being persecuted, so they were a little bit doubting, probably. Where is God? You find people asking, where is God when you see all this misery? Why God is not preventing this from happening from me? That is being double-minded. That is being um, unsure if this is working or not. But here is telling them, he's exhausting them that they should just draw near to God with a true heart in full assurance even in the face of persecution and he said heart sprinkled from an evil conscience um, the bulls and gods couldn't do that the blood of Jesus have done it have removed completely that conscious of uh, evil and he said also, we washed with pure water. You remember Jesus when he was pierced on his side, we are told that water and blood came out. That water was pure water from Jesus' body, unlike the water that we find uh, on the river or ocean, wherever that is unpure. That cannot do anything. But Jesus, the water that Jesus gave us, the, the water that he told the Samaritan woman, um, Samarian or Samaritan, Samarian woman, a woman from Samaria, that uh, if you drink this water, uh, the one Jacob dug for his family, you're going to get thirst again. But if you drink the water that I gave you, uh, that I, I'm, I'm going to give you, out of your belly will flow livers of the living water. That's, that is a pure water he's talking about. Unlike um, the water from Jacob well that 
or the water that the um, high priest and the priest used to wash themselves in those basins and then go to the holies that that was was not pure it was just but Jesus water was is pure and in fact from it springs out rivers of living water and then we get to our verse now which is verse 23 and he tell us how to respond from this truth we hold fast we seize the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful god is faithful so we hold fast our hope even in the face of persecution we are relying on god's faithfulness not our own and because we are do- and when we do that we will not waver but have a full assurance of faith it is god who is doing this for us it is god's faithfulness through christ jesus now based on what you heard and based on what god has done the knowledge of truth done for us in christ from verses 22 all the way to verse 29 of the same chapter is our action is what we do how we respond so you may say how does it, this book apply to me today I'm not a Jew. I'm not being persecuted at least not yet. Uh, maybe you're going through stuff in your, in your life. Uh you maybe there could be those are the persecution that you're facing. Or you are living an easy beautiful Christian life. Uh you haven't faced difficulties like other people for example in China, uh Christian in China or other countries like in the Middle East. Um How do you respond to this book? You may easily dismiss say look he was talking to Jews he's contrasting the law I'm not I never practiced law I never you know went through what they went through so I don't know much this is book is written to the Jews so it doesn't apply to me no the entire bible is number one timeless number two apply to all of us in some way um uh, it have wisdom for all people all the time all circumstances so it does apply to us it does apply to you it doesn't matter what circumstances you are whether you are being persecuted or not whether you are Jew like every Jew or not um whatever it is there are few things we can draw from this not few actually a lot but i'm going to just touch base on only three things. Number one, even if you are not physically being persecuted daily, there are your brothers and sisters out there who are being persecuted. Um so the same pain they feel, you also f- should feel at least if you are true born again child of God. And so how do you respond to this? Number one, you pray for them. you pray for them you help them you support them you comfort them um you you put yourself in their shoes also and 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 bear their burdens just like as if they are yours um and so we we can participate in that form um another thing is Jesus told us that in this world we will have tribulation. We don't know when tribulation is going to fall on us. It may not fall, but we don't know when it will on us personally. Uh but we by reading this book, we can draw strength from it. We can be well more prepared if things come our way than uh a person who haven't heard these things. So it's good to have this knowledge for us and if tribulation come um we, we can draw strength from it so we it, it's it's good for us to know another thing i draw from this is that uh we christian today we really don't understand much performance based righteousness the way the jews 
especially of the Old Testament, did uh, because they practiced, they lived it, uh, their lives. Um, and based on what we read from them, we see that it was hard. It was not easy even for them. That's the reason they always crushed with God all the time. Um, even the first generation of Hebrew who were given the law, the original ones, could not even make to the promised land, all of them except two, because they couldn't do it. It's impossible. It is impossible. Um, it, it was a very high burden. Um, so we may not understand that, but we can read now from this letter and look why the Jews, it was hard for them to to, to, to fall through the law. Um, and we can also learn ourselves that we don't want that. We thank God that we he gave us another way, a better way, which is Jesus Christ. So we see Jesus here more exalted, more precious than we have ever seen uh, in other places or in a unique way that we haven't seen in other books of the Bible. And so we just put nail down and, 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 and worshiping with all fear and reverence and, and thankfulness. It just spring that worship, that love for the Lord Jesus Christ and for God, for what he has done for us. In, in a very unique and different ways. It, it, this should should stir your, your heart to be a, a more worshiper like of God in a way, of Jesus in a way that you probably haven't done yet. Um, unfortunate today, you will find some denominations, um, even churches, that uh, they want to go back to the Judaism. They, they would never do those things that the Jews couldn't do. Um, I think it's, it's unfortunate because of lack of understanding. Um, and I wish those churches and denomination could read this book of Hebrew and just see it the same way this writer was writing to the Jews. Um, it is not pretty to go back to Aaron and the law and sacrificials, uh, you know, self-righteousness, all kind of these activities that based on looking at me, what I do for God, Instead of looking at God, what he has done for you. And there, you give him thanks. You, you, you adore him. And, and, and it, the, just that wisdom of him, it, it's just incredible. Um, I think all people who look at self, self need to be crucified. That's what this, this book tells me, really. Self need to be put to death have no place in the kingdom of God, for sure. Jesus is elevated in a way you cannot resist but worship him. It's a relief of all demands of laws, and we should be thankful. Number three, uh, his sacrifice is one and final. That's what I see from this book also. Is once. It was done one time. It is good for forever and it already purged cleansed everything and it is it's perfect for everyone um he's not going back on the cross jesus he's not going coming back on earth and walk through three years and preach the gospel again he's not doing that he did once he's now seated at the right hand of god and until his enemy are put on his footstool as a footstool um and so for people who want to go back to that, to Aaron, there is no sacrifice. That's what this, this, this writer is telling us. There is no more sacrifice left for them or left for you. In, in this case, for those people, uh, I just mentioned two prominent Christian, well-known, who just decided they're going to leave Christianity. There is no sacrifice for them, unfortunate. What was done with Christ was once and for all, uh, which made me think, this is my opinion. Either they were not saved at all, which uh, 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 it's sad to say, but there's so many Christians who call themselves Christian people who are not saved. They are in church, but they are not saved. Um, so maybe these people, these two men who left Christianity, they were not saved in, in first place, but they were in front raw doing works for God 
instead of looking at what God has done for them. Uh, lack of understanding of the Bible, lack of, they could, maybe they didn't read Hebrew, Hebrews 10, 23, or even if they read, they couldn't understand, just like the Pharisees. They were searching scripture, thinking they could find God, eternal life, then they couldn't find him. The way to God was Jesus. And Jesus was there and they rejected him. Um, and there are so many people in churches today. They say there are three point three and a half billion Christians in the world. I guarantee you, out of the three and a half billions who call themselves Christians, there are some percentage, good percent, a good chunk of people who are not Christian in that group today. Um, and this 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 verse here, this chapter tells us there's no more sacrifice. There's no more sacrifice left. So stick with Jesus. Stay with Jesus. Remain in him until the end when God uh, fulfills his promise. Wow. What a wonderful chapter. What a wonderful book, the book of Hebrews. This is just one verse. Um, but I have to revisit um, most part of this, the whole chapter just to get the picture. Uh, it's very difficult. Uh, if you don't, you take things out of context, it's very easy to be deceived. Uh, I remember one time a girl, let me, this is a story, and this, this podcast is longer than I usually do. I like to do half hour, but this one took 41 minutes. I think it's important. I had this girl one time um, from, I don't know what denomination, but she, uh, I met her through, it's a story. I'm, I'm going to write a book, actually. And her story is, 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 is incredible. I will reveal in the book in, in, uh, in a large uh, way, in, in, most, in a longer uh, vision. But the way I met her, she, um, I met her anyway. And I was a new believer at the time, maybe a year or a few months since my conversion. And uh, I was hungry for God. I was looking for him everywhere I could see. I just wanted to hear the word of God from anyone who is Christian or anything. Um, and I happened to, to meet this girl. And she seemed to be, um, she loved God. She, she quoted the Bible. I'm like, wow, this is, this is my girl. And she's young. She is uh, maybe in her late 20s or maybe early 30s. Um, and then we met she online actually and she was in this but we were introduced by somebody else whom i met in person um so she told i'm gonna teach you the bible i'm like yeah i find somebody finally to discuss the word with me and uh we started these classes the first day she told me first of all don't ask me any question until i finish teaching uh don't interrupt she gave me conditions of what I should do when she's teaching. I thought a teacher is supposed to answer questions from a student when they are not clear. But in her case, she didn't want me to um, to answer her any question, to ask her any question, if to raise any question, whatever she say, I should just just swallow it. Um, anyway, for the first day went well, it's okay. She just started from Genesis telling me this and that and that. Trying to build up uh, a doctrine or something from the fall of man from god creation to fall of man and then all the way down um but she was jumping around with scriptures and try to build uh, her own doctrine which um in fact her and she told me she used to go in a mega church and she stopped going to that church and now she's a missionary she's just preaching on street with one of the guy and this girl whom I met in person who introduced us. Um, that's her story. So <laughs> she's in ministry, according to her, and she left her job. She she was a nurse, and she gave up everything to to save the Lord. I'm like, okay, good, very very good. Um, so the first day was okay. I mean, 
she she taught whatever she 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 was teaching in the second day uh i started seeing cracks even though i was a new believer um but the holy spirit was so gracious and and and, and wonderful to me in those vulnerable days of as a child as as an immature christian um for some reason couldn't hear what she was saying it's like the doctrine she was teaching for me was like i couldn't hear it i wasn't it wasn't coming in me uh it was just bouncing like you throw a, a ball on, on a stone it, it it bounce um and so the third day when she asked me the third time we met on on skype she asked me about the previous lesson i'm like oh i forgot oh i forgot but honestly i wasn't even hearing her and she was getting irritated the fact that i wasn't getting it um and then she told me you know i've been teaching uh, these things to even younger people than you and they're very smart and they understand blah 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 so she she trying to put me down um but i, I just i just listened to her anyway by the time we came to the fourth or fifth lesson um remember i'm not allowed to even ask questions by the time we get to the fifth fifth lesson i was like this i cannot take this anymore i, I just my spirit was stirred up inside of me i couldn't take this anymore not in a bad way like i was mad at her but in a way that i she is deceiving so many people with her false doctrine jumping around the scripture not going through the context and what i found out even amazing to me is that she read things and she doesn't even know what she's reading so on this fifth time when we met uh, it was this was the second week after we met the first time um that day for some reason i woke up that morning i was so full of spirit have you ever heard of this term steven was a full of spirit Paul, full of spirit. Jesus, filled with the spirit. I think that's the day I tested being filled with the spirit or being full of spirit. I I read, I, I was in reading my regular devotion every day and I I read also some of the lessons she was teaching me, but I was going to the context and I found the lesson is completely different from what she was teaching. Um, and then when we met now this time believe me i did not even know what's going to come out of me but i knew one thing it was different from every day that i've met her um so she started teaching me again um the same lessons so and by the way she taught me hebrew 8 verse um i believe it's hebrew 8 verse 10 let's see for this covenant ah uh-huh, verse 10 yeah This is what this verse say for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days says the Lord this is what she was teaching she was teaching that I should be memorize the scripture so that maybe if I memorize a lot of scriptures then Jesus may be able to let me in his kingdom so I'm like where did you get that 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 memorization scripture is what going to save you that what going to let you enter the kingdom of God And so she took me to Hebrew 8 verse 10. This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them in their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. And this is also it's that's what Jeremiah said and this is what is also being repeated again in uh Hebrews 10 verse 16. So that's what she was telling me that to prove that God say that if you don't memorize enough scripture you will not enter his kingdom uh, so i say look and then she was jumping to another scripture before she finished this one i'm like uh uh-uh, uh let's stay on this verse first let's stay on here and she was listening so i'm like what the verse say she say this is the covenant that i will make i say who i ask i say who will make with the house of israel She didn't answer me. She said that I will put my law in their mind. I said, who will put the laws in their mind? She doesn't see the I, that I is God. 
not I, me. She took the I and she put herself in that I. That's why she said that we need to memorize scriptures. But the I here, he said, I will put my laws in their mind. It's God talking that he will put his law in our mind. So for her, how she took this scripture is that she is putting the law on her mind, meaning she memorized scripture. I could not believe this. And she also said, and this verse also says, I will write them on their hearts. I will write them on their heart. Who is writing them on their hearts? God, but she doesn't see it. She think the word I, I will write, she jump around like that word I, she doesn't see it. Write them in their heart. She only see the word, write them in their hearts. So write them in their hearts. She think it's hard to perform the duty of memorizing scripture in order to write those laws in her heart. And that's what she's teaching people. That's what she was teaching me. And then she's jumping around with scripture. I'm like, stay in this here. First of all, let's just look who is writing the laws on your mind. She didn't answer. Who is he's putting these things in your heart? She couldn't answer it. She couldn't answer. So that's... <laughs> anyway, I schooled her that day. I hope she is saved because up to that point she was not saved. She thought she was saved, but she was not. And there are so many Christians like that all over the world. And then that's when I found out her father was very, very sick. And she doesn't have a relationship with her father. I told her, look, you're wasting your time doing what you're doing for God. And you will find yourself. Jesus say, I never knew you because you don't know God. Read, you read the scripture, but you don't even understand. Your mind is completely closed. You don't even understand it. Why are you jumping around? Why don't you stay here and ask yourself questions? Who is putting the laws? Is that you or is God? She couldn't believe it. Um, she cut me off. She never spoke to me again since. Um, I hope she's saved. I pray she, she will be saved because she's, she's a nice girl and she's doing her, her the, she want to do the right thing, but she just don't know how to do it. Um, and I pray that she is. And, and I believe there are many Christians like that. And including those two men, that's why I say maybe those two men also who left Christianity. It was the same thing. They, they are prominent. One of them was a pastor. Another one was a great musician, write beautiful Christian song. Only to say that we don't believe in God anymore. Um, so... There are people like that in churches. And this book of Hebrews 10 verse tells us that there's no more sacrifice. One sacrifice was enough. If you left it, if you leave it, if you don't understand this, there's no other sacrifice left. You can be deceived. So that's the lesson for us today. Ooh, I went so long. Anyway, I hope this blessed you. So our verse, I'm going to leave you with verse 10. Our verse, our verse for today is Hebrew 10 verse 23. Let us hold fast. That's our response. After all this truth that you have heard, hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, without being double-minded, without doubting, even in face of persecution, even in face of temptation. Hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. In Jesus' name, amen.